Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC. This episode of Wishers Breakaway is brought to you by you. Thank you so much for listening. Great show today. Actually, no guests, just me and Greg just chatting. A lot of, uh, is our Tammy Panarin and Adam Fox underrated? Why are the Rangers not covered the way they should be? And I, that sounds crazy, but it, we go pretty in-depth on it. Uh, Kapokok obviously gets two goals, looks super pissed about it. Super fun win versus Buffalo. Two games versus the Capitals. Both really, both super winnable. Listen, that team's good. The Rangers... Things are looking up. I have a positive rant. Greg has some negative ones. Surprise. Welcome to Bush's Breakaway. Here's Mark Messier. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Bushers Breakaway fans, welcome to the week of Bushers Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead. I'm here with my co-host, Gregory Kaplan. Gregory, punching your mic, say hello. I didn't punch my mic. I was trying to move my table. It made a noise. Here we are. It made a noise. Uh, speaking of making a noise, the Buffalo Sabres did that tonight. Um, what did the noise help? <laughs> Could have been. Uh, they, listen, they did fight back into the game. We, we all saw that coming, right? Very Ranger game of... Uh, of the entire situation of letting them fight back 3-3, but it wasn't for long. That second period was maybe the most dominant period I've seen the Rangers play of the entire year. Uh, but that's because it's the Buffalo Sabres, and they fall uh, 14 in a row uh, to the New York Rangers. A sad sight to see where the crowd at the end of the game chants, we want Eichel of the 2,000 strong at MSG. Uh, can't get really better than that. It's, it's funny because we have like an hour to break down. We have no guests today. It's just me and you just chilling talking about New York Rangers and all the things that are going on. And it's it's kind of hard to break this game down because, well, it's the Buffalo Sabres who've lost 14 in a row. You probably should have won 5 nothing. It should have been a shutout, but uh, the Rangers end up winning 5-3. Capococco nets an empty netter and looks miserable about it. And uh, all is good in, in Rangers town at this point in time, with, with very few exceptions, I think. I'd say so. I I don't have any real negatives. The Sabres, as bad as the Sabres are, it's not like they don't have good players. Right. It's not like Eric Stahl is awful. It's not like Taylor Hall is I, – I, our friend Jeff would say Taylor Hall is a fraud, but even as a fraud, he's not actively bad. Uh, it, it's a – I don't know what happened. I, I don't know what's happened to Rasmus Dahlien and if he's just – Miserable as can, all can. Can we actually touch on that Buffalo. real quick? Because our good our good friend and coworker Corey Promen, one of those is true, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, our, our coworker Corey Promen, uh, when when he ranked, you know, this I think this is lists are always a hot topic in sports, right? No, no duh. Uh, what? But yeah, right. Who knew? Uh, list week over summer. Stay tuned. Anyway, uh, he ranked all the players under twenty three, and the player he ranked number one was Rosmus Dahlin under 23 of players, you know, having a franchise that have the most impact and have the most upside. And I'm sure Darlene can still become an incredible NHL player. And I'm not saying or crapping on his long-term future here, but I remember thinking this is before um, Fox really took what we believe he's, he looked great. He's looked great all year. No doubt about it. Adam Fox has looked amazing. But a couple weeks ago, I think like maybe two months ago at this point, I was like, would Ranger fans trade Adam Fox straight up for Rasmus Dahlin? I mean, number one overall pick. People have him as like this uber prospect. And I just, I know that that sounds like that sounds so stupid coming out of my mouth right now to like even propose that hypothetical two months later when Adam Fox was like, I don't know, way, not way down that list, but further enough down that list. And Darlene was in the upper echelon best player to own under 23. What on earth has happened to that kid? I have no idea. Oh, we're, I don't know. That's it. Yeah, I guess that stopped. Yeah, I broke. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I don't, it, it, it's tough to evaluate it. There's, there's such a black hole of talent and miserableness coming out of Buffalo right. that it's hard to tell what is, what is the truth about a player and what is the circumstance about a player? I, 
on a talent basis, I mean, I, I still don't think Corey is wrong necessarily in putting Darlene on top of that list. Everything that made Rasmus Darlene a special prospect going into the draft was that three years ago now at this yep, point. Yep. I don't think it's any less true. I just also can't imagine being put in a worse developmental system than what Rasmus Darlene and company was put into. Again, they hired a they hired a soccer executive. Well, yeah, not there anymore. Dan Girardi's there. Uh, that's why they were. That's why they were able to fight back tonight. Of course, two practice under Dan Girardi will do that. Build the grit, build the jawline, build the ability to be hit by pucks. It's it's, it's all there for you. Yeah, I, I I don't know. Buffalo is it's such a wasteland right now that I, I I have no idea what is what is the truth about people. I have no idea what is just people being miserable. It, it's it's just so hard to differentiate between the two like to make the baseball comparison like if trevor story has a bad year for the rockies this year is it because trevor story is bad or is it because he absolutely doesn't want to be in colorado anymore because colorado doesn't want to be in colorado anymore yeah that's uh, that's true like it, it you know as much as we think sports and as much as we like to i guess pretend that sports is a game about wins and losses and stats and goals and assists like it's also a game about emotion and if a guy is miserable somewhere, I don't care how talented he is. If he's if he's emotionally miserable and doesn't want to be in a situation, it's going to show on the ice. Yeah, I'm not saying Darlene is. We don't have that kind of ins- insider information. We're not out here spreading rumors, but also we're out here spreading rumors. Yeah, that's, like, what, we, that's what we do. We set the narrative. Yeah, the but I, like it, it, it's not an impossible thought to say Rasmus Darlene is miserable in Buffalo and it's affecting his play. Like when. When guys are really happy, they play well. Go figure. Who knew? And if that's possible, then the inverse is possible. If guys are miserable, their play is going to be miserable. It, it's Buffalo's a mess. I, I I don't know if it's salvageable. Sure doesn't seem like it's salvageable. It, it sucks if you're a Sabres fan, but at the same time, it feels like Sabres fans also admit that it's fucking miserable. Oh, how could you need not? A complete overhaul. Greg, honestly, be be real with me right now. Uh-huh. If we were. <laughs> Would we be doing this podcast anymore if the Rangers were the Buffalo Sabres? We would have stopped, Bro, right? if, if, if the Rangers were the Buffalo Sabres, we would have never started doing the podcast. I, I'm like, just saying so it, much misery if I they switched, like, during the rebuild, like, the Ranger rebuild didn't go the way it did, like, or or whatever. They, we got Eichel, switched the whole teams, and we lost 14 in a row. We would just not be here, right? We'd miss the first episode we had done in five years. Like, I'd be like, you know what, Greg? I think tonight's the night. I think it's over. Let's make an announcement. I, I, feel, I, honest, I honestly feel bad for them, and I would feel worse if they didn't have the Buffalo Bills. Well, it's funny. You mentioned that. I don't know if this season has been significant. It hasn't been less enjoyable. I I will say that the Sabres have lost 14 straight. They had COVID whatever Jack Eichel isn't playing. Jack Eichel (laughs) probably wants to be traded. You, you name it. The, whatever the worst thing that could happen to your team, just the Sabres accomplished it this year. Let's not pretend like this has been an (laughs) amazingly uh, fun season to talk about the New York Rangers. That's true. even when the Rangers win, it seems like it's fucking miserable. And it, no, I don't know if fun. I'm just getting, yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm just getting like old and curmudgeon and just tired now? all the you? time. <laughs> I'm feeling it more now. I don't know. I, I woke up this morning and I see people tweeting about the Rangers ice times and how uh, well, that, there's a significant on. gap between the Rangers top five forwards and the rest of the forwards. And they're like, ah, this is a clear sign that the coaching staff is using this season as a chance to make the playoffs. And it's like, I'm just going to lose my mind if we have this conversation every time. I don't let – me, let me put this in uncertain terms here, Ryan. Mm-hmm. I don't know how stupid you are if you think the Rangers playing Mika Zibanejad or Temi Panarin, Chris Kreider, and Pavel Buchnevich constitutes the Rangers going for the playoffs. Those are their four best players. So, of course, they're going to play their four best players the most. If you have a problem with Ryan Strom getting a lot of ice time, I hear you. But in the same breath, the same people tell me Ryan Strom's having a great fucking season. So, of course, Ryan Strom's going to get ice time. I, guys, it's not going for the playoffs. The Rangers play their best players. Well, the, 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 no, no, Ryan, before, before you get Go into ahead. it, the, the, main, the main argument when it comes to the Ranger ice time, I'm not even going to look at what the ice time was tonight. I honestly don't give a shit. I've stopped giving a shit about ice time since the 17th time we had this argument. It's not even an argument at this point. It's just two of us getting angry about people that are angry about shit. But it, it, it's it, like, what, what do people want the Rangers to do? 
Like, do they want do they want everyone just to play equal ice time? Do they want to go like <laughs> not not to get like what what is that? That's communism, right? Just complete and equal everything across the board. <laughs> yeah. Now, of course, as you know, when we had Ishan on, we became a politics podcast. Should've, I know we should have asked him like what <laughs> what is what is the communist version of the Rangers? What is the socialist version of the Rangers? What is the nationalist version of the Rangers? Right. Dictator. We should have asked him all these questions. Yes. But like. Do they, do they want just equal ice time across the board? Do they want everyone just getting 13 and a half minutes? Maybe. I don't know. But, like, I, I, I honestly – it drives me insane when people are like, well, Lafreniere, Kako, and Hedl aren't getting enough ice time. That's great, guys. And, I, and we understand that the easiest way to do it is to take Strom off the power play and put one of them on the top power play. Yep. You nailed that. That only solves one of the three issues. I don't know what you want the Rangers to do with the rest. Do you want them to trade Kreider? We had these conversations. The Rangers Clear. told us they didn't want to. Well, clearly did you want not. not to sign. Did you want them not to sign Artemi Panarin? Are you insane? <laughs> you, you're going to tell me you want to extend Pavel Buchnevich and give him $6 million a year, but at the same time tell me Pavel Buchnevich needs to be playing less minutes somehow? Do you want Mika Zibanejad not to be your team's top center? Do you want to trade for Jack Eichel? And do you think if you trade for Jack Eichel, the ice time considerations are just going to magically go away? I'm legitimately at a loss of words when the people, the people, the good people, the bad people, the ugly people, all the people, when they start having the ice time conversations for the 195th time with a different head coach, mind you. How many people said David Quinn needed to be fired? When he lost Alexi Lafreniere, uh, six thousand million. Chris Nablock, Ryan, Chris Nablock lost three of them. Forget <laughs> about just Lafreniere. Chris Nablock was like, "Oh shit, these three kids are still sitting here." I thought you went home. What are you doing? Yeah, past your bedtime. Oh my god, guys, hockey coaches are idiots. Every single one of them, except for Barry Trotz. If you don't have Barry Trotz, you're basically the the coaches ranked two through twenty are interchangeable in my mind. They insignificant. I just, I, I really, I have, I'm, I, lo I lose it. I, I, I am losing steam. I am losing energy. I am losing the desire to want to have these conversations anymore because I've driven my car into a wall and I backed up. And instead of turning my car in any which way direction, I've just decided to floor it and go straight for the wall again. And the wall's going to keep winning because that's what this conversation is with ice time is to me. It's just driving into a damn wall. And I wish, I wish, I know Rangers Twitter is smart. We interact with these people. All, well, some of these people are smart. Yeah, come And on. we interact with them <laughs> a lot of the time. But they, I, it's just, are they having fun when they, like, is it fun for them to be that angry that early in the morning about something that they can't control? Is this how, what people used to tell me when I would react to the Mets in a certain way? Yes. Like, am I finally seeing it? Yes, I think I, I might be. And it, <laughs> yes, I, I gotta tell you, it's 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 just the worst, guys. I think I personally think the NHL should go back to the way it was in like the 1970s and just abolish ice times. Don't even post them anymore. It's not worth it. You're not. Everyone can just prove their own point if the numbers don't exist. It's just it's too much, guys. Well, it's, it's too fucking much. Let's talk about some of the positives. Um, one of the things. No, no. Okay. Mean shit all the time. <laughs> I want to be as angry as Cabo Caco is when he scores. Dude, all right, goal. let's talk about that. Let's break that down. How sad and depressed did Ka okay Caco gets the first goal? They talk about it. They show the replay of, of Panarin, Strom, and Caco talking and breaking that down six million times, which I thought was awesome actually. But Caco gets that goal from Artemi Panarin, puts that in, nets it, and they Strom takes the monkey off his back. Good feeling. Everybody praise be at home. Great, awesome. Then <laughs> for the empty netter, my dude. Capococco sees it, he's skating towards it, he shoots, and he looks like his dad just told him he wasn't going to Disney World. Like, the family vacation is canceled. I don't understand. It was so funny. Even Sam Rosen was like, Capococco scores. Oh, it's okay. You can smile, Capo. And just Capo was like, no, I refuse. No emotions. Upset only. It's uh, It just wasn't enough for him. It's, it, 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 I guess he felt like he was padding his stats. I have no idea, but... Listen, a two Paco, a two Paco scored that second goal and knew that there was no chance Larry Brooks wasn't going to mention him in his next article. That's true. And quite honestly, Cabo Cabo doesn't want that shit. Yeah, that's true. I, I, listen, I have to give some credit to Knobloch tonight. Uh, he moved. Blackwell wasn't playing the best game. Moved Kako up. I thought the Strom, Panarin, Kako line, which we've seen before, has been effective and has been good for Kapo Kako. Right before Kapo Kako got COVID, actually, 
I think we came on this podcast and said, I think the best two wingers at, at, at that time. Now, I understand that since since then, Chris Kreider and Buchnevich have uh, really taken a step forward here. There's no doubt about it. But at that time, Artemi Panarin hadn't, um, some things haven't happened with Russia at this point, and Kapokako hadn't had COVID. And those two were the best two forwards on this team, and I don't think it was close. Kapokako, uh, what, what, hit me. I'll, hit me. I'll pull the receipts. I don't think I've ever swayed from Pavel Buchnevich has been the Rangers' best forward this year. Fine. I, I agree with you. I, I think overall, Pavel Buchnevich has been consistently the best forward. But those, there was a two-week period where Artemi Panarin and... Kapokako were together when he scores the shootout goal and everything. Like, everything was clicking. They were the entire offense. And I'm happy to see them them going back despite, you know, Knobloch being a little resistant to change anything that Quinn has put in, which is fine. Uh, you know, that's there's nothing wrong with that. I know he's communicating with Quinn. Uh, I really don't know when we're going to see Quinn again. It might be another week at this point. We don't actually know they're they're in the protocol. We can assume I'm assume I'm just making an assumption here uh, because they've been out so many days that they did test positive. So we likely won't see them the rest of the week. And I thought Knobloch, with the exception of losing a few children, as you uh, so aptly mentioned earlier, has done a fine job. I don't think uh, there's re- I, I love the fire Quinn crowd that just goes out there and says. Well, this guy is losing the kids. We can't fire him, etc. Like he's been fine. I, I you beat the Buffalo uh, Sabers. You were supposed to. You played two games against the Capitals. You could have won both. The Capitals have lost at the time like seven games all year. It was good. Mika Zibanejad seemed to come back to life. Like there's a lot of great to look for the last couple games. The Rangers are going to make a playoff push here. Do I think they'll make it? Likely not. I know they're going to get crafts off, and we're going to talk about him extensively in a second, and that'll go right back to your driving your car into the wall conversation which will be just, just just you fucking wait when he's lining up on the fourth line oh it's, it's gonna it's be a lock. Let's, it's gonna be it's gonna be banana land is well, what who cares be. um you know what i'm done who uh, cares ryan we have to get on this po- oh my God, i know i know I, I don't care you don't care i don't but care the the internet voices that we hear and we close our eyes at night and we see constantly they care see i just i hate it just trade three wingers i don't Pick which, I'm at a point now where pick whatever three you want to trade and trade them. If it's going to make you happy, fucking do it. No, I like the depth that, that, on the team. The I'm, I'm, I'm done talking about them. You know, I'm not going to let them ruin my day. Those people out there, the time of ice people. The, the, this is a good day for Kapo Kako and the, the believers of the Church of Kako. All your cock worships out there are just going nuts tonight. We got two goals. Everything's going great. It was the Buffalo Sabres. We finally won. We get to play two more games against the Lehman Yo and the Flyers this week. That's hopefully going to go very well. You have to you have to hope that, that it goes well. I would love to bury the Flyers' playoff chances. Seriously. That would make it. Very few things would make me happier than that. And I think the Rangers are going to have the opportunity to do that. And let's let's this is going to be a super fun week if you're a Ranger fan. Like I know I'm trying to be positive here, Greg, and it sucks. But it, you know, your top line is going to be KZB. Then you're going to have the se- the second line, uh, hopefully if Kako stays there, which I think he should at this point. Like, let's not – this is not – I'm not breaking news here. Kapo Kako is more important to the New York Rangers' future than Colin Blackwell. And spoiler alert, that's true. Then hopefully your third line is going to be Lafreniere, Hedl, Kraftstoff, uh, hopefully at that point in time. And then who cares who's on the fourth line? I don't care. It, it could be Gauthier. It could be Rooney. It could be Blackwell. Actually, I would like that fourth line. The people I just named, that's who I think should be the fourth line. And that's it. And that's going to be a fun, a really fun Ranger team for the next couple of games, because that's sort of been the dream scenario that we've been working towards for this couple of years. Everything that you've drafted over the years, all the culmination of your assets, everything is on the ice for the most part, with the exception of Niels Lundqvist. Everything else you, that you have that's a real asset is going to be on NHL ice starting most likely this Thursday versus the Flyers. And if that doesn't excite you and you don't want to have fun and have a positive time, I don't know what to tell you. Gregory just said it best. He really did. No one rants better than Greg. It's, it's true. Nobody on the internet, especially on Rangers Twitter, you cannot outrant him. It just does not happen. He said it best. The ice time thing is over. It's, it's no one void. You only have so many spots. Kravtsov might play only nine minutes, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But you're going to have talent up and down the roster, especially on forward. That's that's going to be unmatched. There's never going to be talent like this. And there might be talent like this again, but this is the most talented the Ranger forward group has been maybe in your life, especially with draft capital. Almost everybody, except for Teddy Panarin, who's undrafted, is some like has insane draft pedigree for the most part. It's It's a squad that... 
that you really should be excited to watch. Craft Stop hopefully adds uh, uh, another wild card factor and maybe uh, even more offense than, than possible. You know, you hope Brett Howden gets gets well soon from COVID-19, of course. But uh, at that point, he might be out. We don't know how long he'll be out. We don't, we've talked about how we don't think Brett Howden should be in the lineup in general. You might get a look at what your best possible lineup is for the New York Rangers right now, and that has to be exciting. I don't care. It's got to be thrilling. Sabres you took care of, but to go to the, you have to go to the Flyers now and just beat AV twice. And you could do that, especially with the talent on this team and how the team is playing right now. And I didn't even mention, and this is the last part, because this is probably the longest rant I've gone on in a long time. I didn't even mention that there's a very strong possibility that Igor Shosturkin starts on Thursday. So you are back to full strength with Kravstov, with your trade deadline asset. You have no Jack Johnson. We didn't even mention that. There's so much to actually go through. And this is the most positive time you're going to get this season with the New York Rangers. Enjoy it. Sit back. Put the feet up. The spring weather's here. Kick back and just watch the the talent you've reaped over the year from years from the draft and the signings and trades finally get on the ice all at the same time and try to make it work. That's what you got to do. Ryan, I would trade Capo Caco tomorrow if we got people to shut the fuck up. No, I really would. <laughs> <laughs> no, but all I'm, that, all that positivity you just spewed out there for five minutes. That's yes. great. I'm bringing chaos back into the world. Okay. If, if, if you told me that if the Rangers traded Capocacco and nobody would tweet about ice time ever again, I make that trade ten times. Yeah, you back. know how I feel about that, and that would never happen. So, <laughs> it's yeah, I'm yeah, done whatever. with the ice all time. You, all your things said are good, lovey dovey, blah blah blah. Adam Fox, limitless, yada yada. He's, he Not is. a Norris Trophy candidate though. Well, come on. The can, Nor- we, can we talk about how fucking stupid that is? We can dude, talk about whatever you while like. While we're here, yeah. Yeah. I'm just gonna. This is. Uh, I had a great weekend, you lovely did. weekend. I'm just so tired today, just about like life in general. I think it's like the dopamine has completely left my body because I finally had a good, fun weekend in my own home with only like three of my friends. And we were socially distanced and we were just drinking and watching basketball. And I proved myself how little I knew about college basketball this year by being spectacularly <laughs> wrong about everything. But it's no one knew it anything was a about good college weekend, basketball. And then it's just like I woke up this morning, the sun was shining, it was warm, and I just decided chaos was going to enter this world because i didn't want to do anything and that includes dan rosen a guy who took a shot at us without knowing us right yeah he didn't even know he, he was doing it to be honest but yeah did, went, right which is perfect considering everything that we're about to say the guy takes a shot at us without even knowing he tries to tweet something like the most backhanded compliment i've ever seen in my entire life which is it's just not Adam Fox's turn, right? That's the only way you can interpret the, he's going to be a Norris contender one day, but it's not this year. Why isn't it this year? Yeah, well, it's not his turn. Blah, 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 Drew Doughty, blah, 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 is essentially what Hockey Media says. And then as soon as Hockey Media says that, we get the 754th piece about how uh, Cal McCarr and Quinn Hughes are going to be dueling each other for the rest of eternity to figure out which one is the better young defenseman meanwhile all adam fox does is play 25 minutes a night plays on the rangers top penalty power play unit top penalty kill unit doesn't allow shorthanded goals creates opportunities on the power play has a three-point night tonight i understand it's against the buffalo sabers all the man does is create plays play well and suffocate other teams offense on defense you would think right you would think now i don't know much i don't know much but you would think that would be enough to get into Norris trophy consideration, especially considering that the New York Rangers, for the most part, as we've said on this podcast, are very young and not quite good enough to know how to take two steps forward without taking three steps backwards. They are erratic. They are inconsistent. But the one consistent each of the last two years has been Adam Fox. I can't name five defensemen that I'd rather have than Adam Fox. I don't think I can name three. I think Adam Fox, we, we opened the show talking about, would we trade Adam Fox for Rasmus Dahlin? No. It's, uh, it, the, the short answer is no. Yep. And it, it's an impossible, it's really an impossible question to answer because does Rasmus Dahlin po- possibly have a higher ceiling than Adam Fox? Maybe. It'd be like a 6% chance he's able to reach it. I know Adam Fox's floor is stupid high. That, that's kind of where Adam Fox is. It's almost like it's almost like 
You know what I'm going to say. The Mets? I'm even thinking. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, it was almost like, like before DeGrom won the Cy Young in 2018, he was the worst kept secret in baseball that he's just too fucking good. And that, like, the, the stat nerds would be all about I'm actually glad you're doing this right now. And, I, you know, I, yeah. I'm not exactly the best um, with the Mets stuff. I always understand what you're talking about as I'm a baseball head, as you know. Um, uh-huh. But I do – when you say the best-kept secret in baseball, I really do – Worst-kept secret. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I think he actually was the best-kept secret too at the same time for, for a long time. Yeah, how, how good he was. You, you can explain to me why I'm wrong in a minute. Trust me. Um, oh, I, I'm ready. Please go ahead. <laughs> We're going to class. Um but I, I do I do feel like somehow with NHL media, and I don't know how this is possible, and I, Adam Fox is is the best-kept secret. He, I don't know how there's not national stories about him all the time. He is. He's in a major market. I made the joke like, oh, he's, he plays in a small market called New York City. <laughs> like, ha-ha, everybody. But, yeah, he's here in New York City, and he's the best defenseman the Rangers have had since Brian Leach. And I, I know everyone's going to be like, well, Zuboff, blah, 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 all that stuff. You can make the case for Zuboff, but there's really nothing else. Adam Fox is hands down better than Ryan McDonough ever was for the New York Rangers. I don't even think it's close. I know he leads the, uh, I believe it's the Evolving Wild, the GAR model, or goals above replacement, or whatever you want to call it at this point. I'm not a stats guy. You guys know that. Come on. But there's, he is underrated. He's not covered enough. And I just think we're three years away from him being like the guy that they show all the time for the New York Rangers. It might be soon. Maybe it's Alexi Lafreniere. Maybe it's still Artemi Panarin at that time. Maybe it's Capococco. Who knows? But maybe because there's so many of those fun pieces around the Rangers right now that Chris Kreider still gets the limelight. And because of Vinojad too, Adam Fox is the second best player on this team. The Rangers need to sign him for eight years this July 21st as soon as possible. Right off the rip. He's incredible. I don't understand how there's like a media... I I know this is crazy. I don't think there's a New York Ranger anti-bias, but it almost feels that way because... When you when I like when you pointed out that that article like Quinn Hughes versus McCarr, Quinn Hughes has not been the same player he was last year as a rookie. Adam Fox didn't even make top three of the Calder. The only person that voted him number one was our dear good friend Marat Atesh, who came on the show and defended it. And he was right, by the way. Listen, you can make the case for Kyle McCarr. That guy's incredible. They're they're one A one B and young defensemen, no doubt about it, in my mind at least. But we don't see any of those. Ooh, Adam Fox articles. Is that because he forced his way to New York? Is because he didn't have this high draft pedigree? What? What am I missing here, Greg? I don't understand. He is, quote unquote, the best kept secret. You tell me why I'm wrong, and now go ahead. I, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong because it it doesn't make any sense that Adam Fox isn't talked about just on a nightly basis on any of the hockey shows. I don't know if it's because he didn't go the traditional junior route, right? He went to Harvard. He didn't go to the QMJHL, the CHL, the WHL, the U.S. National Player Development League for the entire time. He's, he's not going to put up the gaudy offensive numbers, right? He gets his, and he's always going to get his. He'll probably have at least one 60-point season in his career. But he's not like John Carlson putting up two points a night or Charlie McAvoy this year putting up six points – every every week or something like that yeah McAvoy's ridiculous he's insane he's not he's not he's not front facing right he's he's not the guy that uh gets the attention vocally or um charismatically with the New York Rangers right right it's like every every <laughs> neither was Jacob DeGrom Jacob DeGrom was the shy guy yep who stood in the back everybody talked they remind they're actually very similar comps they're it's it's incredible you know what the, the thing that makes them most similar Ryan is that somehow they keep getting better I have no idea how Jacob DeGrom is just throwing 102 miles an hour this spring it makes no fucking sense he's 32 years old this shouldn't be happening anymore his slider sits at a cool 96 miles an hour. His slider. Are you fucking kidding? Number one Mets podcast. He but debuted. Yes. <laughs> he debuted with a 95 mile an hour fastball, and his slider is now a mile and a half faster than that. Sure. It is bonkers. It's bullshit. I I am amazed that human being exists. I'm even more amazed the Mets are gonna find a way to fuck it up. That's all I, I could be concerned about at this time. But Adam Fox, back on point. I don't know. I don't know if, if Canadian media holds it against him that he didn't go to Calgary and he demanded out of Calgary. I don't know if um, 
if it's just because, you know, I, the thing I can't understand, more so than the Quinn Hughes and the Kalmakar stuff, I, I get it. Those guys put up really ridiculous offensive numbers last year on a surprisingly great Colorado Avalanche team and a shockingly fun Vancouver Canucks team that just isn't fun anymore. Oh, no, year. the fun is over. Um, but I, I, I honestly don't know. The thing that confuses me is the Drew Doughty aspect of all this. What the fuck has Drew Doughty done over the last three years that people should be like, man, he's good. It would be like, imagine, Ryan, if someone came up to us with a straight face and said, you know who the best first baseman in baseball is? Eric Hosmer. That guy's great. Yeah. He has no problem well, in this game. Doughty's playing okay this year. It's not like he's he's playing well. That's but he's, fine. Is he playing like an $11 million defenseman? Like, de- is it Definitely not. Is it, I think it is it the money that just makes us, or not us. I can't say us because it very it's, much isn't it's us. It's not us. But does it make some of our coworkers at The Athletic think that he's good? Like, people are like, well, Drew Doughty, lock him in as the number one U.S. defenseman in the upcoming Olympics. Uh, no. What the fuck are you smoking? Like, honestly, whatever it is, can I have some? It seems like a fun time because I, too, can say some ridiculous shit. And I just – I have no idea what it is, Ryan. I, I – I, that's the one that doesn't make any sense to me because Drew Doughty – what sports writers want Drew Doughty to be is Adam Fox, American, rugged, two-way player playing in one of the biggest media markets this country has to offer, if not the biggest media market this country has to offer. I, w- what else do you want? If, if you can't market, I, we understand that the NHL has a marketing problem, has always had a marketing problem. They can't do it. Pray to God that ESPN can do it yep. for them. Because that's, for the only way, that's the only way this league will ever grow. But if the NHL can't market Adam Fox, just close up shop. What are we doing? Yeah, he's a, he's a dream. You're telling me, you're telling me, the Mets are idiots. They are up until this <laughs> wow, year. Big, and big even, Mets podcast today. Yeah, even this year, with all with all the hope and optimism that we have with Steve Cohen, the Mets still find a way to fucking run in a hole and break their ankle. This time, not by a wild boar, at least. Oh yeah. The Mets have figured out a way to market Jacob Degrom, right? And the league has eaten it up. You're telling me. That this league can't market Adam Fox, arguably the best player on the league's, what, fifth most important franchise at least? I would say. Like when the Rangers are great, is the, the NHL is great. It's been proven. Yeah, it's like the Knicks. Even the Knicks now. Like the, the NBA is better because the Knicks are just competitive. They do anything. Yeah, they're 500 and the NBA is like, this is wonderful. This is awesome. This is great. Yeah. Give us, give us, give us seven games of Knicks nets and we'll see our ratings go through the roof. Yeah. It's, it's but definitely the, like the, that with the NHL. It's what is it? Blackhawks Leafs. No, but the, yeah, but they want the Rangers to be that kind of team. And they're just like, well, we're going to do whatever we can to not make them that way. They, they, they gave Hank his rub, right? As they should we appreciate that. Right. Um, they've that, always it's been like Chris Kreider and that's it. <laughs> like that's yeah, it. Yeah, it, it's it's almost like there's this unwillingness to admit that Artemi Panarin is as great as he is as well. I want to take a quick I break, but I want to touch on this. Let's just go. Let's just go to break real quick, and then I, w- I want to keep on this Artemi Panarin thing because I do. It's weird because I. I uh, boy, all right, hold on. We'll be right back. Transition. And we're back. Okay. Yeah, I do want to keep touching on this Artemi Panarin thing. Did you mess up the drug names again? I'm assuming. Uh, so it's Tadalafil and Tolinafil. Yeah, I probably did. Yeah, um, those the, those sounds like things that would pop you a. Uh, they even like couple game band. They the even MLB. yes, they even like brought up the pronunciation for me because you know no, no, that, that it, makes it worse. It for didn't. You. It was not good. All right. Anyway, Artemi Panarin. Yeah. Uh, so this is very similar to Adam Fox and and players of of of, of that level where if. I'm going to say something crazy. This is a real okay. podcast take, okay? All right. <laughs> if Artemi Panarin was on the Leafs, does he win the heart last year? Yes. Right? And you know how I know that's true? Because, how? again, every other sport, they want New York stars to be bigger than what they might be, right? The Mets weren't good in 2019. But you know who was good? Pete Alonzo. So people had takes out there being like, is Pete Alonzo the greatest rookie of all time? Is this the best rookie season we've ever seen? Should Pete Alonso be getting MVP votes because of what he's doing? Blah, blah, blah. Yep. Like every other league wants the New York stars bigger than life. 
It's just not what the NHL wants for whatever reason. Artemi Panarin made the New York Rangers respectable last year, put them on his back, took that team from also ran to possible playoff contender before the shutdown. This isn't us making shit up. They were the Rangers were on a run, and it was because of our Tampa. The Rangers would have been miserable last year, dude. If without yes. Panarin, miserable. Yes, he had a ninety-six point season in a game in which the league didn't even play eighty-two games. But for whatever reason, the Rangers weren't the number one team in the East, so he's not Nikita Kucherov. They weren't the number one team in Canada, so he's not Austin Matthews. I, it, it boggles the mind. I, I, I don't. I don't think I'm going to even go a little further here. And I know this is going to be crazy. I don't think the, I know the Russian probe story was big, but it wasn't as big as I thought it would be. And it kind of went, it kind of went away very quickly. Or Tammy Panarin came back on the ice. You know, he said, I'm not going to go on. You know what it's like, Ryan, you know what it's like. It's almost like the league has decided that uh, Alex Ovechkin is the league's Russian and they could only have one. It does feel that way a little bit. Cause I honestly, we Malkin is an all-time great, right? He yeah, is, no doubt about it. He's probably he should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I understand that he's on the same team as Sidney Crosby, but a lot of things that Sidney Crosby does is possible because Evgeny Malkin is on that team, manning the line right behind Sid. But we don't talk about Evgeny Malkin like he's like we talk about Mario Lemieux and Yamir Yager on the same level, right? But we don't talk about Sid and Malkin on the same level. They're different. It's I think it's most fans would tell you that they're Jordan not even close. Tippin. I th- I would tell you yeah. I would tell you most NHL fans would tell you they're not even in the same stratosphere. They might they might not be, but it, it's it's the point that like people gave Scottie Pippen his respect. People understood that Scottie Pippen was a Hall of Famer. People understood that a lot of what Michael Jordan did right. was because Scottie Pippen helped make it possible. And I don't think Evgeny Malkin gets that same kind of credit. Now, I know Evgeny Malkin has piece of shit tendencies on the ice. This isn't supposed to be an Evgeny Malkin podcast. It ain't going to be. But it, it's, it's almost like the NHL media creates these caricatures that need to be filled and these roles that need to be filled. And once they're filled, they're not looking to move off that. Alex Ovechkin, all-time great. Arguably greatest goal scorer that's ever existed in the NHL. Dude, wait. Considering the era in which he's played. Over the weekend, he just. difficulty in which it just, is to score. He was just like, oh, I'm awake now that Ryan Lingrid hit me, and now I'm going to win the game. And that was just it. That, that's, he can do well, that. Shout, he, yeah, well, shout out, shout out to Alexander Georgiev, who has never met a shot that he couldn't control. That's true. Uh, but it, it's, Artemi Panarin should be talked about on the same level as other stars in this league. And it's when the Rangers are on national TV, it's always, man, Panarin is great. He's real good. And then they don't. Well, talk no, about I mean, if you're Pierre, you talk about how good Adam Fox is for. Right, like, right, 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 right. But, but Brendan Burke or uh, John Forslund or Kenny Albert, they're all like that Panarin special player. No, he's a We're superstar. Not talk about him anymore. He's a top five player in the league, and it's not even close. Like, you can make a case. Like, I, listen, Connor McDavid is undisputed number one. No doubt about mm-hmm. it. You can't beat that. Mm-hmm. But after that, I think you could really, like, make some cases here. You really can. Like, I, I know the dry sidle thing is there. City Crosby, obviously. Ovechkin. Oh, and, no. Panarin's better than dry sidle, buddy. I yeah, got news for you. Yeah, I agree. There's no doubt about it from my, in my mind. And the only people you could really make the case for is, like, Ovechkin when he's really going. City Crosby. McKinnon. That's really it. M- Matthews, I'm sorry. No, but Ovechkin, Ovechkin has entered that like twilight Tim Duncan part of his career, though. Yeah, where like he just he's turns still it giving on. you nineteen and ten every night, but it's it's not that Tim Duncan that we're used to. No, it's not. Um, doing a lot of player comparisons on this podcast. It's been a big so, player comparison podcast, yeah. Uh, but like, I don't know, man. I, the league, we, we we've had this conversation so many times. It it's mind it's it's mind numbing how the league doesn't want to market itself. And I understand that we look at this Rangers team with um, red colored, rose colored glasses, I think is the term, right? Yeah. Ranger town colored glasses. We look at this team and we just see a bunch of scapegoats that are trying to do something special. And (laughs) (laughs) whatever. No, but seriously, like we shouldn't be sitting here. It should be annoying to people how much we hype up Adam Fox and Artemi Panarin, because they're already getting the hype nationally it shouldn't be us that are asking these questions we should be the guys that people are asking 
to quiet down a little bit because we get it. These players are special. You don't have to keep saying it. We understand. You don't have to beat us over the head with it. Instead, it's like, I feel like I'm not even beating anyone over the head. I feel like I'm punching upwards. I know. To try and get people's it's attention. It's so weird. Like, hey, um, we host a show about the Rangers, and some people like us, I guess, like eight people. Most people think we suck, and I totally understand. But we try and pump up. Like, we have to market our Teddy Panera with Adam Fox. I don't know why that's why that happens. Why is that possible? You know, you know, you know what is interesting, though, Ryan? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if we've talked – I think we've talked about this in broad terms, but it, we can talk about this in – more specific terms. We've done a sure. bunch of podcasts with a bunch of great writers yep. who don't cover the New York Rangers around the trade deadline to try to get a sense of oh, yeah. what it would take to acquire some guys, including, again, our good friend, Murat Atesh, someone you and I would legitimately call a friend yep. and someone we would guy. go to bat for no matter what. Yep. But it, would all, it always surprised me when we would bring in writers from other cities. Clueless isn't the right word, but just completely unaware of what's happening in New York out short of looking at a, a stat line or a, a heat chart. Like if this was a baseball podcast, which it is. Yeah. And you and I were having someone on from say Atlanta to talk about a trade between the Braves and the Rays. Sure. We would have, I would expect, and I would assume that writer in Atlanta has a pretty good idea about what's going on in Tampa Bay. Just like we would have a good idea about what's going on in Atlanta. We do. But but with the NHL, it was almost – I don't know I don't know what it is. It, it, it's like – I understand that hockey is a niche sport, but it almost is like people really don't want to go out of their market to see what the hell is going on. They are very content with seeing that opposing team two, three, four times a yeah. year and just making their judgments off those two, three, four games. Whereas, I, I like – if the, when the when the Mets make a trade with the Royals, I know what's going on in Kansas City. I, I know what these players are doing. I, I know. Maybe it's just easier with the stat lines in players. baseball. It, I, I, but I know exactly but, what you're saying here. But it's, it's, I'm not I'm not even talking about stat lines. Like I have an idea about what's working and what's not working in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I and I know that beyond a, bo- a box score. But in the NHL, it's almost like, uh, like, Murat. Right. When the Rangers made the Truba and Pionk trade, Murat came to us and was like, guys, what's please up? help educate yeah, me on what's what up with Neil, Neil Pionk, Pionk was doing. Yep. And we would be like, I mean, sorry, but he's we can tell you, but them. you're not going to like it. Yeah, but he's been good but, for them. But it's almost, it's the fact that a writer on the caliber of Murat, right? Great writer. Dude is smarter about hockey. He's going to forget more about hockey than you and I will ever yep. learn. Well in the but know. He, and, but he won't, he, he won't deny it either. And he'll say... If it happens outside of Winnipeg, he's not entirely sure what's going on. I, and I don't think that this is That's kind of the way with us, though, too, in, dude. Like, I, don't, I can't tell you anything about the Western Conference right now. I don't know anything about it. I know everything about the East. It's, I know everything, yeah. but I, I don't. You're, I, you're, you're, not, you're not wrong. And, I, again, I, I, don't, I know in your instance, I don't think you're a bigger baseball fan than you are a hockey fan. No, like if you had to choose between the two, you would ride with hockey. I would, I would watch the Rangers. It's not even close. But you, for me. you could tell me what the fourth pitcher in Oakland is doing. Yeah, I can. You know that. <laughs> no, but like, is it because is it because it's more accessible? I think is it's it because I it's think part of that widely covered. I think it for me personally is the the fantasy baseball aspect of it. If if I if if fantasy hockey was more accessible, more intriguing, and I know, listen, I'm not here to downplay anybody who loves fantasy hockey. Seriously, I I love that you guys love it that's great but to me there's just it's an aspect that's always been missing i don't know what it is where the fantasy baseball i can just nerd out top to bottom where it's just like it hits as a category sometimes in fantasy hockey like what are we doing here a a better example Mm -hmm. you are the most casual football fan that i've ever met in my entire that's true in fact if the football stopped existing tomorrow i don't care it would take you four days to realize that it happened yes correct but you could also tell me what's going on with Keenan Allen in San, uh, uh, L.A. Yeah, likely. That You know, I see what you mean here. So I am very online. I'm on the internet, right? Not a joke. Mm-hmm. I'm very on Twitter. And even then, I know I, I, the only team I can really tell you about in the NHL, like I don't really know what's going on in Detroit. I know it's a dumpster fire. But I know I kind of know what's going on with the Leafs and the Islanders and anybody in the East. And after that, like not so much. Like I know Tampa Bay's really good. Uh, I know Nikita Kucherov is like maybe uh, going around salary cap and <laughs> stuff there. But there's really 
I don't. I can't tell you about like Mark Andre Fleury, and I know how good he's been, but I, I have no idea what's going on with the Knights. I have no clue. I really don't. And I'm super online, and I follow a lot of great writers. It, it is funny how you. It's just, and I know people are going to be out there like I know everything about the league, and I'm, dude, I'm super happy for the you that that knows everything. I try to. I really do. Um, to know a little bit more, just in the broad sense, to, to educate myself outside of the, the East Division. But it's just harder. It's way harder, and I don't know what what that is. And I I think I get the I know the point you're getting at here, and I but I can't exactly nail it down. I can't nail well, down why. I, I, I right because again, it's 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 not like the league isn't covered. That's not what we're saying. Yep. Obviously, there are a lot of great people out there yeah, writing and great pieces. Like thirty one thirty one thoughts, like can get you up to speed every single week, and that's not even part of yes. the athletic. So there you go. Um. But it's it's not that it's not that these stories aren't out there. It's just there's something less inviting about a story about the Vegas Golden Knights than there is about the 17 pieces that were written today about Salvador Perez. Like I, I don't, I don't understand why. I don't know if it's by design. I don't know if it's because we've all made the. 200, 200 hockey man jokes so many times that now we don't even want to participate in the conversation with the people that produce this content. But there, there is a divide, and I, I, I've never understood it. And I'm also happy you brought up Nikita Kucherov because this situation is like the perfect example of why this is a problem. If the Nikita Kucherov situation was happening in the NFL or the NBA, it would be the only thing we were talking about. The only thing. A star player is potentially not as hurt as we're led to believe. And the team is intentionally circumventing the cap in order to keep him out for the regular season while saying stuff like, we think he's going to be ready for the play. Dude, the NBA would have when the this salary would be, cap doesn't exist. We couldn't avoid this topic every single week for weeks on Twitter and no. ESPN and SportsCenter and everything if this was the NBA. Not even close. But Ryan, there should be why is why can't the NHL be like that? Why isn't there a new story every day from a different writer asking the question about why is the league allowing this to happen? Why is the league allowing this to happen? The league on a platter is allowing the Tampa Bay Lightning to keep all their toys. All of them. And then add the biggest toy that they have in the postseason for free. And there's going to be no penalty whatsoever. And there's going to be no hard decision for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Why? Why isn't this discussed? It makes no sense. On a daily basis. I, I, why wouldn't the league want it discussed on a daily basis? You know that that's the thing that's the thing that i can't quite get over like does the nhl think does gary bettman think it looks bad on the league if that story is talked about every day is that like isn't that why the league is supposed to exist aren't teams supposed to try to cut corners aren't we all supposed to cut them call them out on their bullshit when they are isn't that the beauty of sports teams trying so hard to win that arguably they're cheating? Isn't that the whole point of the Houston Astros? That story is still a story, and it's been two years, and it's going to continue to be a story because no fan was allowed to boo them last year. Dude, I will never let that down. Never. Never. They beat my team in the playoffs. (laughs) Ryan. It happened. Ryan, is that bad for baseball? Like, people are talking about baseball and the Astros nonstop. People that wouldn't have gone to a baseball game are going to go to a baseball game to tell Alex Bregman he's a piece of shit. Like, that's – I understand that on one hand, it's bad. The Astros cheated. They won a World Series. That's not the point. At the same time, it's a silly game that has silly rules. And one of those silly rules was broken. And now we're talking about the game even more. Like, it's not the end of the world per se. Baseball is more popular – in part because the Houston Astros cheated. And the Tampa Bay Lightning, essentially, they're legally cheating, if that makes sense. Yep. And it's it not a sense. story. Never. We don't talk about it's it. never a story. You and I should just talk <sighs> about it every week now. We should be the two guys that are like, hey, 
We'll we'll have a new segment on the podcast. By, by the way, the lightning or cheating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in case this, this weekend, this this week in Tampa, brought to you by yeah the Sun Pass or whatever yep. their stupid yep. road toll easy pass equivalent sure. is. Sure. And we'll just do an update. Hey, is Nikita Kucherov actually hurt, and are the Lightning cheating? No, and yes, perfect. That's your Tampa Bay Lightning. Guess update. we'll move on now. They are cheating. Um, it, but it, yeah, it's just like uh, it's like the NHL though. thinks that's a bad thing to talk about. When really, it's the best thing to talk about. Because the whole point of sports is to have ridiculous conspiracy theories. <laughs> that, that's, the, not, that's the whole fucking point. It's true. It is true. Listen, I want to get to like two pieces of Ranger news before we get out of here. I want to uh, say goodbye to Jack Johnson. Uh, pouring out. Yep. Well, it wasn't that bad. It was okay. No. Okay, but here's the thing. And, he, and he should have never been signed. Angry. You're right. <laughs> he should never be signed. You're right. It, it's, it's not the fact that it turned out to have only 10 games of Jack Johnson. And it's not the fact that in maybe two of those 10 games, Jack Johnson wasn't awful. I mean, hell, he scored a goal. He did. It ended the Pittsburgh Penguins season from what I was told. It's true. It's, it's the fact that it's totally okay to be angry about the evaluation process that allowed Jack Johnson to even play 10 games with the New York Rangers. 10 games was 20 games too many because we knew how those 10 games were going to go. And you know what, Ryan? They went exactly how we thought they would go. They did. He was bad. He was unplayable. It was a waste of a spot that could have gone to literally anyone else. Forget about the low-budget free agents the Rangers could have signed. It could have just been 10 more games of trying to figure out what the hell Lieber Hayek is. Like it's We're doing that right it's now. The fact, <laughs> it's the fact that the Rangers took time and resources because they gave him more than the league minimum to figure out, to, to, I don't know, try to convince you that Jack Johnson was actually something else that he clearly wasn't. It, it's that's that that's my whole thing. It, it, I hate the people I hate, capital H, the people that will jump into our mentions and be like, oh, oh, you guys spent all off season complaining okay, well, about hell, Jack hell, Johnson. Hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Spent, yeah, every week was about Jack Johnson sucks. <laughs> well, listen, He's the I, have to thank, I have to but thank guys, Jack Johnson. Got, he was a content only machine. Got 10 games out of him. Was it really the worst thing that ever happened? And no, guys, it's you're allowed to criticize your favorite team for doing something stupid. And Jack Johnson was something stupid. That was Jeff Gordon's. That was Jeff I, Gordon's. Well, I want to personally to thank him for a couple of different screen. reasons here, Craig. One, he provided you and I content out the wazoo. Cannot thank he him. Did. Cannot thank him enough for that. Two, he donated a lot of money to charity. Two, and most importantly, Jack Johnson's face raised eight thousand dollars from New York City food banks. That's awesome. Incredible. Congratulations. That's like that's what fifty thousand meals or something. That's a lot of meals. Yeah, man, it was awesome. I'm super happy. And and the ride wasn't that bad. I kind of almost I I'll miss him a little bit, just a little bit. No, you won't. Okay, you're no, right. No, you won't. <laughs> just a little. Uh, so that obviously we've seen the last of Jack Johnson. He's had surgery. It was like almost a non-story out of nowhere. I don't know. Drager tweeted it out randomly, and it was like that was it. It was coming on. That was well, again just the ridiculousness that is um, the NHL and reporting injuries. Jack Johnson was day to day. Yep. He was he was a random scratch on a random game night where the Rangers said it was because of an injury, and then they brought him back from said injury to play him a couple games in an emergency role where he clearly just wasn't healthy. And then they said he was so unhealthy that he's getting season-ending surgery. God bless the NHL and how just archaic they are in how they handle injuries. Never talked about. Never talked about. Day-to-day injury. We should also mention Igor Shosturkin, by the way, has been day-to-day for two weeks. At some point, it's not day-to-day. Like, I I understand that on a certain level, we are all just day-to-day. Aren't we all? One day. One day we just stop being day-to-day and you don't wake up. That happens to literally everyone with the exception of the Queen of England. Jacob DeGrom. I don't think that happens to her. Yes. No, even Jacob. One day Jacob DeGrom's going to wake up and just be like, this is a waste of my fucking time. <laughs> I have, I have, I'm still I have throwing a one wife on one. and two kids. Yeah. And I need to get the fuck out of here. Yep. Um, but, but, like, there's no reason to tell us that Igor Shosturkin was day-to-day. Just – like, well, we knew oh, we don't have an update on his injury. fucking injury. We'll update you. Even if you want to play coy with it, right, Ryan? If the Rangers wanted to play coy with it, they could just be like, we don't have an update. We'll update you when we have an update. And he could be skating on his own before practice like he's done do it now. And the Rangers every day could be like, you know what? We still don't have an update on Igor. And that would be better than saying he's actually day-to-day when in reality he's actually week-to-week. 
He is we still don't know when I he's think he's still week to week. Listen, I wanted that's actually the next point I wanted to get to. I know it's the, the end of this podcast here, but it's important to get to. I don't know if Igor will start. I know Dalblock said he's close and ready. I don't know how close he actually is. Like I know he's practiced. I, like, listen, that injury is something you don't want to rush and reaggravate. The Rangers aren't making the playoffs. If they do, that's awesome. They'll make a run at it here, but it's going to be really hard to get in the top four of this East division. It's, it's not a secret here. You have the Capitals and the Islanders who are absolutely killing it right now. The Bruins, I think, have seven games left against Buffalo. Um, the Flyers are going to fall out of it here, but that there's, there's a situation you're likely not getting into the top four. That's just that's just the situation. I don't know what else to Pittsburgh is there also, obviously. So with Igor, I don't want to rush him back because this is an injury you could you could re-injure, and that could affect Igor long-term. I know he's taking his time. He's going to get full clearance, medical clearance, etc. But I have no problem... Uh, playing again AV twice in a row here by going alternate goalie you know Keith and Keith and Georgie that's fine do I think Georgie have should play again no I'm Keith's agent of course I was don't like Georgie have to play again Keith had a night tonight where I thought he was solid he they, there were some bad turnovers where he did, couldn't make saves but otherwise he was fine uh, he made it actually an incredible maybe the save of the year as 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 per Steve Bellicette, uh on Jeff Skinner the first time Jeff Skinner got him back later but he should probably start. I don't want to rush Igor back. He might still be week to week. I wouldn't be shocked if we didn't see Igor at all this weekend. Like, what would you put the shot, the, the percentage of Igor playing at this on Thursday? 40%? 30%? Like That feels high. It might be lower. It really might. Yeah, I I think David Quinn comes back before Igor Shesterkin comes back mm. is essentially where I'm at. I like for For a lot of the points you just said, for one – the Rangers are getting better than expected goaltending from Keith. That, that That's not just me as being like Keith's best friend, obviously, as everybody knows. Yes. Um, Keith has been better than any of us would have expected him to be. And he's, we, we all know one thing when a goalie is in rhythm, just keep playing that goalie because it, it good games tend to pile up just like bad games tend to pile up as is the case with Alexander Georgiev. It'd be one thing. If the Rangers were higher in the standings, were playing better hockey when Igor got hurt, and then had unexpected struggles from Alexander Georgiev, then sure, maybe you could try to convince yourself to rush Igor Shosturkin back. But like you said, Keith is playing well enough where goaltending is not deciding these games anymore. The Rangers are winning and losing not because the goaltender is playing poorly. They're winning and losing generally based on how well the skaters themselves are doing. And that was the that was the case tonight. The goals Keith allowed were because of turnovers in the neutral zone that led to fast breaks. Um, that'll be the case any night when your defensemen and forwards are making mistakes in vulnerable positions. Georgiev, I don't know if it's mental. I don't know if it's a combination of mental and the fact that this is kind of who he is. Like, yes, he gave up two goals against the Capitals, but those goals were because Georgiev couldn't control a puck. And he put rebounds directly in front of the net that Alexander Ovechkin said, oh, look at this. Oh, I'm really good How at this. How about that? Yes, I'm really yeah. good at this. Oh, is that is that an open net and a puck on my stick? I think I'm just going to decide to score this goal right now. Like, it, it, it's tough. It's tough to criticize Georgiev for only and, and blaming him for a loss in which the Rangers only scored once and in which Georgiev only gave up two goals, but a better goaltender doesn't allow that situation to happen. And we have a mountain's worth of evidence to suggest that Georgiev struggles when it comes to second chance opportunities for opponents. And in order for like it was earlier this season that Adam Fox made the actual save of the season by diving through the crease in overtime to prevent a goal from being scored on Alexander Georgiev because, again, he couldn't control a rebound. Like, it's it's, it's not us sitting here breaking news or being unfair to Georgiev. He's below average at something a goaltender can't afford to be below average it's at. true, yeah. And, and it's a reason why we've, we've had this discussion many times in this podcast about the Rangers not being willing to discuss them in trade scenarios and blah, blah, blah. We don't have to right. do it again today. We don't. But the, the reason why the Rangers can be patient with Igor is because Keith has stepped up. Shout out to Keith. He did it. He's earned this opportunity. He deserves to have a little bit more run. And quite honestly, the New York Rangers now have to decide how the hell 
they're going to manage to keep three goalies on this roster throughout the rest of the season because if they expose Keith to waivers, he ain't going to be a Ranger anymore. No, I really and don't that, think he will be either. No, because you know you know how I know that? Because Vancouver. the Buffalo Sabres trotted out Dustin Torkowski tonight in an emergency situation. Yes. They're not the only team that just doesn't have backup goalies. Keith can go somewhere else and get starts for a team even like the Sabres who, while they might not be trying to make the playoffs, they also don't want to get embarrassed on a nightly basis. Worst goalies this year have been claimed on waivers than Keith. And another worst goalie will be claimed on waivers this year. So the Rangers can't really afford to expose Keith at this point, which is nuts. And I can't, I can't believe, believe we can say situation. that. It's so stupid. Um, it's, I'm so happy that Keith got to start. I, I, we set the over-under at 1.5, really. So to, to smash that over a long time ago, uh, it's pretty good. I think, that's, uh, I think we've covered everything this, this podcast, Greg. A nice long hour chat with our two best buds. Um, how about that? How about that? How about that? All right, you can follow me on Twitter at Orion. You can follow Greg at Blue Shirts Break. We'll be back later in the week with an OT following the Flyers game on Thursday. We love you guys. Bye.